the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into hour two. I knew when uh, the news broke yesterday and we were covering it with the Donald Trump indictment, uh, there were about three people I really wanted to talk to. And uh, first among them is who we are talking to now. We are delighted to welcome back to the show good friend, occasional guest host, John Hinderocker, one of the founders and co-editors of the Powerline blog, among other things. Also a uh, very skilled attorney in his own right. His piece he put up yesterday a Rubicon is crossed. Uh, John, you write uh, in a few short paragraphs a lot. Uh, you wrote about the Democrats making a naked grab for totalitarian power across a broad range of issues and institutions. Indicting a former president on frivolous grounds is shocking, but it is of a piece with the strategies Democrats are following in Washington and across the country. First, thanks for being with us. Thanks for your time. Uh, welcome. Hey, happy to be here, Seth. Thanks. Uh, yeah, if you'll expand on that a little bit, you know, a Rubicon is crossed is a great phrase um, for those that uh, know some of their history. Uh, Rubicon being crossed by Caesar was the commencement of a civil war. You and I have always been opposed to civil wars. But for those who have talked about adjacent things like national separations and national divorces, uh, and which, I mean, I hate the thought of those things. One side is pushing for this uh, more than another side. Uh, and we kind of talk about these things, and some of our team talks about these things, really in response to these kinds of really dramatic and unprecedented actions. I'll, I'll let you take it from there, sir. Well, and, and the thing I try, the, the point I try to make in my in my post, Seth, as you know, I mean, uh, the Rubik, crossing the Rubicon is a is a metaphor for a decisive moment, yes, you know, a, a stunning act that yes. violates tradition. And, and certainly indicting a former president, especially on these ridiculous, flimsy charges, uh, justifies that description. But the point that I went on to make is that, while on the one hand this is a shocking development, on another hand, it is one more in a long series of, of things that the left has done, the Democratic Party has done, that are that are really out of keeping with our traditions. They they have they have thrown away every restraint, all, all of the traditional uh, uh, rules that really make life in civil society possible. They have just violated them one after another. So let's just tick off a few. We, do, we yeah. can't spend all afternoon on a list right. here, Seth, but let's just talk, tick off a few. I mean, number one on the list is the Russia collusion hoax. Mm -hmm. The idea that an American running for president of the United States uh, would be framed by the, his, his opponent, in this case the Hillary Clinton campaign, with the assistance of the FBI and the CIA as a faux uh, Russian agent and collaborator, absolutely shocking. There is nothing remotely like that in American history. And the fact that agencies like the FBI and the CIA were enlisted as part of the federal apparatus to crush Donald Trump and really to crush the Republican Party, a lot of people 
don't remember, Seth, that, that the FBI admitted under oath that it offered a million dollars to Christopher Steele right. if he could get dirt on Donald That's Trump. Right. That's right. You know, this is after they found out that the dossier was just BS manufactured by Steele. And the FBI guy said, well, look, if you ever do come up on anything with anything on Trump, let us know. We'll give you a million bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is absolutely shocking. And then we've got the two completely fictitious impeachments of Donald Trump, again, violating all historical precedent and all democratic norms. The second one, when he was already out of office, you know, I mean, it's just, we have, we have the FBI and the Department of Justice uh, going after parents who show up at school board meetings, labeling them as domestic terrorists and trying to intimidate them so that they don't exercise their constitutional rights in a way that is adverse to the nation's teachers unions, which are, of course, the biggest supporters of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. There are so many things here. I mean, we could talk about, remember H.R. 1, the bill that Nancy Pelosi desperately wanted to pass? The elections and, and bill? Thankfully. Yeah. yeah, and thankfully they never could get it through Congress. Right. They tried hard, but a few Democrats wouldn't right. go along, I guess. Right. But that bill, the purpose of that bill was to make election integrity illegal. That's right. So instead of requiring simple measures like voter ID, it actually would have banned measures like voter ID and thereby institutionalized voter fraud as an important part of our uh, election process. You you can just go on There there was an uglier aspect to it as well, John, if memory serves. This was the um, yoking of the issue of racism to opposition to it. If I'm not mistaken, Joe Biden was campaigning on this telling, and I think it was in Georgia when he spoke on behalf of this, uh, saying that if you are not on the side of passing this legislation, you are on the side of uh, Bull Connor, Jefferson Davis, and George Wallace, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they, they really ramped up the rhetoric on that one. Well, they really did. And of course, this is yet another thing you can add to the list. Right. This whole idea of dividing Americans by race. Right. And making make just absurd, absurd claims. You know, they want to put you all in chains. Yep. Remember that? Yep. I mean, it's, it's about a Republican. They tell us we should have more of. By the way, yeah, that, right. uh, no, really, right? Why, why, why won't you have more Mitt Romney's? Oh, you mean the guy right, right. who was going to put us all in cha- uh, black people back in chains? I mean, right, right. right. What, right. What's you right. lose? You know, that yeah. all is all yes, is for good. Yes. And, and so we could multiply this theme across a whole broad range of issues. You know, I'll just toss out one more, and that is. The, the the attack that has been made on the U.S. armed forces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have tried to turn the armed forces, instead of being a military power whose, whose mission is to defend the United States against foreign enemies, they have now declared the number one national security threat is global warming. That's right. And and we're concerned about all the right-wing extremism in the armed forces, right. and so every single member of the armed forces, active and reserve, has got to go through X number of hours of anti-extremism training. Right. They, they, they've got the trans secretary of the Navy, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. They've got, so all the, they, they, they're converting the armed forces into these woke institutions. And lo and behold, it turns out that the kinds of young men and women who, who want to volunteer to, to fight, to serve in the armed forces are not interested right. in combating global warming right. or joining woke institutions, and, right. and now they're running woefully short of their short of their quotas. So I mean, there's just this whole long range of issues and institutions that have come under attack 
from the left, and we have never seen anything like this in our nation's history. I often think about that military example, John, uh, and we could add to it uh, the the kinds of training manuals they are now busy putting out with regard to uh, bunking with people, with, you know, uh, transgendered uh, military personnel bunking with members of the opposite sex, or depending on how, I don't even know how to say these sentences. You understand the problem? (laughs) Because I'm not sure which sex they are at this point. You remember that old thesis of Michael Barone's Hard America versus Soft America? And, you know, things that we thought were hard America, the military would certainly have been the top of it. I mean, even it wasn't impervious to, shall we say, the the notions that one would more associate with the Harvard Sociology Department, right? I mean, they have infiltrated uh, schools, to be sure. That was an easy soft target. But, I mean, things like uh, professional athletic associations and the Department of Defense, it, it was shocking to me. When the um, when the uh, secretary, uh, the the uh, when Mark Milley, General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, testified that he reads Marx, Lenin, and Mao to better understand the American people, I I would appreciate if he would read them to better understand our enemies. It's a, it's a weird, weird, weird mindset at our Department of Defense these days, John. It really is, and of course they're also trying to make law enforcement woke. Exactly. And we've seen some parts of the country where they've succeeded at that, so that crime has been more or less legalized. Mm-hmm. I think San Francisco, for example, has become an unlivable city. Yes, it has. And uh, so, so, so even law enforcement has, has been penetrated by this against its will, yeah. for the most part. But that's what's happened. Well, and that's right. And the same thing with law enforcement is mirrored with the military. All of a sudden, they're scratching their heads, wondering why recruitment is a problem. Well, who would want to sign up and join Join that, right? I mean, who would want to do, join that? And yeah, here, here, in Minnes- yeah. here in Minnesota, where I live, yeah. you know, the city of Minneapolis has come under this incredible attack after the George Floyd incident. Yeah. And there was actually a, a court order uh, because of the Minneapolis City Charter requires a police force of a certain size, you know, per mm-hmm. capita. Mm-hmm. Court actually ordered the city to hire more police officers, yeah. and of course the city's response is, "We can't." Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly right. Exactly right. You know, who, who in his right mind would want to be a police officer in the city of Minneapolis after the abuse? We're going to have to recruit. We're going to have to but recruit from Arizona so or Texas or Florida. And the weird thing, let me take. Can I keep you another segment, John? The sure, weird. You bet. Thanks. The weird thing is, you know, after that long indictment you just issued. The weird thing was the mantra about Donald Trump was he was the breaker of norms. And when you think about it, it's really a a, a shoe and a foot. John Hinderocker is our guest. He of the Powerline blog, powerlineblog.com. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted, privileged, honored to have John Hinderocker with us. He is uh, co-founder and editor at the Powerline blog. Among other things, we were talking a little bit about the Trump indictment. Well, we were talking a lot about the Trump indictment and, and kind of spun it out from there. John, it, this this is going to be tough speculation, tough in the sense of I don't know how accurate we, either of us, will be. But the playing out of this, uh, the latest news is he'll probably go in for the booking on Tuesday. Short-term political benefit to him, possibly long-term. I don't know. I mean, play it out for me because I, I, I could see I could see it going any number of ways, quite honestly. I mean, today, of course, his supporters um, are, 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 
you know, at, at fever pitch, at high, appropriately fevered pitch, I should say. And maybe he'll even garner more support from people who see the weaponization of the legal system for political purposes. I do wonder, though, if over time there is a waning of support over this kind of thing just because it becomes such um, a, a series of frenzies and dramas. I, I, I don't know. Hard to play it out, but your thoughts. Well, I think, first of all, we should be a little bit cautious because we have not actually seen the indictment Fair yet. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they put out the press release right. before they unseal the indictment, right. so we don't know exactly. Apparently there's 30 counts, you yeah. know, and I believe they all relate to the same thing, which is this payoff of... Uh, yeah, I, they must. They just And must. so on, you know, yeah. which is ridiculous. Right. But, but I, I, you know, we could be surprised that maybe there's something in there that that for whatever reason has not made it into the news. After all, grand jury proceedings are supposed to be secret, yeah, right? We're right. not supposed to know right. what's in that indictment, and maybe we don't. So that's a, that's a footnote I think we should caveat sure. right now. Yep. In the short term, yes, it, it is giving uh, Trump a bump. Uh, I probably have gotten 15 to 20 fundraising emails yep. from, uh, you know, Trump. <laughs> you and me <laughs> you know, both. Yeah, right. The last, There's your 30 the right there. You and me. <laughs> right. Okay. One right. for in each indictment. Right. Hours. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in the short term, I don't think there's any question that people are rallying around Trump as, yeah. as we should right. in, in, in this context. Here's the thing, though. Uh, it's easy for me to say and for other legal experts to say that this is a stupid, frivolous, uh, inappropriate indictment. That's different from getting it dismissed. Right. And I don't know much of anything about criminal procedure in, in, uh, in New York State, but a, a, a judge is going to have to be assigned, and apparently we've got some idea who that judge is going to be, and Trump already doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump's lawyers are going to have to make a motion to dismiss the indictment. I don't know exactly what the procedure or the timing for that is going to be, and I don't, you know, I don't know. Are the grounds uh, open and shut? Uh, does it require a factual foundation, factual basis? Uh, very likely so. So, I mean, I, my point is, I, you know, it's this not, could it's go not, on a while. Is your point? It could go on yeah. for a while. Yeah. It's not blindingly obvious no. that an anti-Trump Democratic Party judge is going to, in the next, you know, sixty days, throw this indictment out. On the right. contrary, I think right. that's unlikely. I think our friend Andy and, McCarthy said it's a notoriously slow court. By the way. Yeah, right, and, and the timing, I don't I don't know, right, exactly. I mean, having done litigation for 41 years, <laughs> I can I can say it's usually not very fast, right? Right, right. And, and, and so let's assume it doesn't um, get thrown out uh, by order in relatively short order. Now you're talking about a trial, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, you know, the trial would take place uh, with, with a probably hostile judge in front of a jury that would probably be 100% Democrats yeah. and close to 100 percent Trump haters. Mm-hmm. And if there's a if there's a case, however flimsy, that the, the court decides is good enough to get to the jury, uh, I think it's highly likely that Trump could be convicted, no matter how, how poor I think the case is. Right. And if that happens, now you're talk, talking about an appeal. Right. Well, that would eat up at least a year, I suppose, yeah. and probably longer. So, yeah. So you know, I, those of us who have been kind of dismissing this this this, this indictment as ridiculously weak and no, frivolous yeah. and so on, yeah. you know that that's my opinion. Okay, but my opinion does not necessarily translate into a speedy dismissal. So I think it's entirely possible that we could find ourselves getting into the primary season with this axe still hanging over Donald Trump's head. John, thank you for that. I um. 
I, I, you almost wonder, would he have the right to ask for just a judge bench trial instead of a jury? Maybe there's an advantage to that. I'm not so sure if, if he can avail well, himself. Well, he, he could waive some, his right to yeah, a jury trial. Yeah, that's something obviously his legal team will an- analyze. But you wonder, you almost wonder if you'd rather be just in front of one expert, no matter how partisan, versus a group of New Yorkers. But that aside, can we? There was one other list, one other item on the list of uh, norms that I wanted to bring up with you, um, and you can kind of tie them together a little bit under the name Pelosi. Um, during 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 the riots of 2020, when she was asked about one in Baltimore, she said, "People will do what people will do." When Rand Paul was brutally attacked and sent to the hospital uh, with broken uh, ribs and worse, her daughter tweeted out, "Rand Paul's assailant was right." Yesterday, she tweets out that uh, Donald Trump uh, has to prove his innocence. You almost get the impression that not only do they not understand the norms, they don't like the norms that really exist. You get that impression a little bit. Well, I don't think they are unaware of the historic norms that really make life in a democracy possible. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can't have a you can't have a 400-page code of regulations. We've got a constitution that's very brief, you know, very brief right. and 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 you you have to assume a certain amount of good faith. Mm-hmm. On the part of the the various contending contending parties to operate you know, an effective democracy, and I think what's happened is that the left no longer is in is operating in good faith at all. Mm-hmm. They don't respect our institutions. They don't respect our traditions. They don't respect our culture. They don't respect our political norms. They don't respect our people. They hate our country. Yeah. And as a result, uh, they're willing to do anything. Yeah. The um, the. Uh, the aftershocks of this, I mean, they're hard, they're hard to contemplate. But one of the things that certainly will be true is this will be a whole new generation of news cycles next week, obviously, if Donald Trump goes uh, before, but, you know, for, into the booking, into the booking uh, procedure next week, likely Tuesday, but probably someday next week. Do you think, or not usually in the business of advising the Democrats, but since they're always in the business of advising us, do you think the Democrats are playing it smart to be celebrating the way they are, the way the glee, the cheer, the strutting? Do you think this is a smart strategy for the Democrats right now? Oh, uh, Seth, I have no idea. Yeah. You know, I, I would say it's one of those things that was so overdetermined by their derangement yeah. that it's almost pointless to ask whether it's smart. They're not doing it as a strategy, no. you know. Right. <laughs> this is it. This is all emotion out. for them. Isn't they it? couldn't yeah. help themselves yeah. if they tried. Yeah. So so I, I will say this though, you know, I'm assuming that Alvin Bragg there was some back and forth over the last couple of weeks about do the Democrats want Trump indicted right. or don't right. and there were different opinions right. about that right. and at one point alvin bragg it seemed like he was stepping back a little bit mm-hmm. there was talk it about did. how they maybe they're gonna take a recess yep. not do anything for a while then all of a sudden boom here's the yep. indictment i assume that alvin bragg would not have indicted donald trump unless he got the go-ahead from higher i agree with that i think that's he a smart not point have done that. Yeah. chuck schumer was telling him yeah. you know damn it alvin sit on it yeah you know, he would not be doing i that. think that's a smart point too that we have to keep in mind yeah this this wasn't just done at the da level john hinderocker thanks for spending some of your friday with us appreciate you man. great to be with you seth all right have brother. a good weekend i'm seth debbie lesko up next
Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. What a delight to bring back Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, proudly representing Arizona's 8th Congressional District. Busy news week, busy news year. It's going to be uh, busy Congresswoman Debbie Lesko. Thanks for uh, taking some of your Friday uh, and spending it with us, Congresswoman. Thanks for being with us. It's always great to be with you, Seth, and you. I hope you're having a good day and yes. we'll have a good weekend. Yes, I think so. Busy is the is the first adjective it must be for you, too. You've chalked up a few um, a few victories this week I want to talk to you about, particularly uh, having to do with energy and H.R. 1, and we'll get to that in a moment. But first, thoughts on, uh, obviously, the biggest uh, news item of the week, uh, the indictment of President Trump. Your thoughts, uh, Debbie? Well, I think it's a continuation of the political witch hunt against President Trump, and it's all political. Democrats want to win and keep the presidency, and uh, to me, that's what it's all about. Now, I may not have thought that years ago, mm-hmm. but after I served on Judiciary Committee yeah. during uh, impeachment, I saw firsthand how the Democrats work, you yeah. know, and how they, you know, you had the uh, Clinton campaign um, you know, spreading around false information about Russian collusion. And then you had uh, some bad actors in the FBI and DOJ pushing that agenda and forging um, FISA court documents. I mean, this, you know, nothing would surprise me anymore. Right. It's really sad, right. but nothing would surprise me anymore. And when you have this uh, Manhattan City DA who is going after Trump on an issue that federal prosecutors didn't go after him on, the Federal Election Commission didn't go after him on. Um, There's something wrong here, and I think this guy is just trying to make a name for himself. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the Democrats are very pleased because in their view— uh, they think that Trump is their easiest opponent, right? So mm. I think this will help Trump in the primary, and um, you know, and then we, and then we'll see what happens. Donald Trump has a uh, has a way of exposing underlying corruption, um, underlying uh, indictments, non legal use of the word indictments of the the quote unquote system, the bureaucracy, the deep state, whatever the phrase one wants. To use, and this is probably as uh, as 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 good an example as hot, as best an example one could show in sharp relief of how corrupt the judicial system has become. You sat on judiciary; you have seen, if you will, uh, the judicial and the political uh, being confused and weaponized um, by 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 the Democratic Party to achieve means, or I should say, but to a to achieve ends they wouldn't otherwise get through the political process. That's what we're seeing here, isn't it? The the use of the judiciary to achieve political ends, right? I believe so. That's a corruption I believe in that's itself. what's right. happening. Yeah. And I do believe it's a corruption. And it it's sad because before I went into Congress, I just assumed that everybody that worked at the FBI and Department of Justice were there for justice. And not all of them are, are. You know, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that are, that are working hard on behalf of the American citizens. But there's some bad actors mm-hmm. that have political motivations that are working with the Democrats. Um, and they just can't 
stand at Donald Trump. I mean, it's like an obsession with some people. They're just it's so emotional to some people that they want to take him out. And when Nancy Pelosi sits there, what was her tweet? Something about. Oh, yeah. He will have the chance to prove his innocence. Innocence. Yeah. Which she's kind of forgotten. Yeah. Um, you know, thousands of years of jurisprudence. On, yeah, right. that yeah. we're we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty yeah. here. Although, you know, it's very indicative yep. of what she believes exactly. in. Right, this is what she believes in. I mean, she changed when she was Speaker of the House. She changed so many rules, hundreds of years of precedent. And just bulldozered yep. over Republican rights when she was there. And, you know, you saw it. They yep. did two impeachments yep. against Trump. Yep. They did this January 6th committee, which was made for TV show. And t- t- I'm telling you, it's all about the elections with these people. They they play to win yep. the election. Yeah. And I think one of the things, the lesson we're drawing is that we better pull up our socks and learn to uh, play as hard as they do. Uh Within obviously, obviously within the norms. But that is the funny thing is we were called or Donald Trump was called the norm buster all the while they break every norm we've known, not just for 236 years. But when you when you see posts like Nancy Pelosi's that the criminal justice system gives the defendant the right to prove his innocence, thousands of years of norms they've broken up. We'll take a quick commercial break. Talk about some victories we've had this week. Thanks in large part to your work, Debbie Lesko. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Debbie Lesko is our guest. Congresswoman Lesko represents Arizona's 8th Congressional District. Uh, and uh, it's great just what a few months being in the majority can Yield, uh, Debbie, uh, the uh, we, uh, I would like you to talk a little bit about H.R. 1, which just uh, just uh, passed through. And also, of course, uh, thank you and praise you and have you uh, address also that part of it that deals with the cancellation of the Keystone uh, pipeline. Take it away. Anything you'd like to say? Yeah, well, ever since President Biden has been in office, our everything has gone up in price. Right. Mm-hmm. So gasoline has gone up. 51 percent. The the cost of natural gas for our utility companies has gone up 44 percent. And electricity costs to the consumer have gone up 24 percent. And so Americans can no longer sustain these high energy costs. And that's just the price of energy. But then you add that energy costs onto the businesses that are selling the product or the transportation to deliver the products. That's why everything costs so much. So Republicans uh, passed out of the U.S. House of Representatives with bipartisan support, H.R. 1, which is unleashing American energy and American energy jobs. Mm -hmm. Because Biden, for whatever reason, has an all-out war against American-made oil and gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just is. Every single agency is out to get American-made oil and gas. And so we passed a bill that will unleash American energy. It will open up federal lands to leasing for new oil and gas uh, drilling. It will reform permitting so that instead of a project taking 10 years, It will take a maximum of two years for environmental review. We're also, it also includes my bill, which condemned 
President Biden's decision on day one of his presidency to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline, which would have brought uh, oil from Canada down to our refineries in Houston. And so he's against that pipeline. But then if you'll remember, he gave the green light to the pipeline from Russia to Germany. Uh, So it's not that he's against pipelines. He's just against American pipelines Mm -hmm. and American uh, jobs. And so we, as Republicans, we uh, number bills as far as the priority. So H.R. 1 through H.R. 10 are our top priority bills. In H.R. 1, we have determined energy is crucial and vital to every aspect of our country and of our economy. And so we put forward a great bill and uh, got some Democrats on board with it. And we think we have some senators, Democrat senators uh, in the Senate. We'll see if there's enough Democrat senators to pass that bill or if we're going to have to negotiate and change the bill a little bit. But um, I tell you what, President Biden's uh, energy policies are failing America. Yeah. And you emphasize a very good point that I think we should keep in mind as well, or at least keep uh, keep uh, keep in mind when we talk about it, which is that this was this did this did pick up Democrat votes in the House of Representatives. This truly for 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 Joe Biden to talk about wanting bipartisan legislation. You got some right here. You got it. You got Democrats voting for this, right? Yep, you do have Democrats voting for it. And, you know, another bill that I'm going to push, H.R. 1 got through, so we're celebrating about that. But I have another bill that is called Save Our Gas Stoves Act. Oh, talk to us about that. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so basically, if you remember right, um, uh, one of the agency uh, heads uh, under the Biden administration a while ago said, we're going to ban gas stoves. And then Biden came out and said, oh, we're not going to do that. That's ridiculous. We're not going to ban gas stoves. Well, guess what? His own Department of Energy is proposing a rule that would ban 96 percent of existing gas stoves. And again, this is another example of their all out war against American made natural gas because. They're trying to to ban it from every angle. They're like, okay, if we don't have any appliances, if we don't have any water heaters, if we don't have anything that can be sold that requires natural gas, then, you know, we can end natural gas production in America. And it's ridiculous because American-made natural gas is the cleanest natural gas in the entire world. So instead of using our own natural gas, which we have abundance of here in America, President Biden goes over to OPEC or he goes down to Venezuela or wherever he goes and he begs them to produce more oil and gas, which is dirtier. I was just going to say it's not as if the Venezuela uh, clean energy standards match quite uh, up to our EPA standards here. Not quite. No, not this guy makes no sense. And a bunch of the Democrats, they're all on board with President Biden. But what's promising is there's a growing number of Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives, not a huge number, but a growing number that are starting to listen to Republicans and vote with us on this H.R. 1. 
but also say we need permitting reform because they are their priority is the wind and solar, mm-hmm. and they're seeing some of their wind and solar projects are hung up because the permitting takes ten years. You yeah. know, so they that's their motivation is they want permitting reform for solar and wind. Republicans want permitting reform for all of the above energy sources. De- Debbie Lesko, do you think we're picking up a few here and there on the immigration, illegal immigration and border issues uh, as well? Uh, it, it seems occasionally we'll see a, a congressman out of Texas join us once in a while, huh? Yes, we have a couple. We have a couple um, uh, Democrats from Texas. Henry Cuellar yep. is one of them. He was with us on HR1, I think. Yeah, yep. yep. Yeah, he was with us on HR1, and he agrees with us that we need to secure the border. That's another bill that actually one of my bills already got through the Energy and Commerce Committee, and it would um, use Title 42, continue Title 42, but not for COVID reasons, Mm -hmm. but because of the fentanyl drug crisis reason, because that's a public health crisis, right? You bet. And so we can use that. So that got out of committee. We'll see if that's going to be brought to the floor. But Republicans and now a few Democrats are there, they're they want the border secured. We have to secure the border. It's an absolute crisis. It's an absolute uh, disaster for our country. We don't know who's coming in. And quite frankly, it's scary when you hear from the officials that they're not even vetting. They're not even vetting the adults that these kids are being sent to. So these unaccompanied children who knows who they're being sent to? Right. Probably, you know, they're being sold into sex slavery. Yeah, yeah. Well, Debbie, good work this week. Good work this session. And uh, look forward to visiting with you again as we chalk up more and more victories for the American people. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks for being with us this Friday. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. You betcha. I am Seth Liebson. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Folks, thinking about the economy, how do you think this administration is handling it, whether it's banks, whether it's energy, whether it's stock market volatility, possible recession on the horizon? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to any of that, including the stock market or the Fed? It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you choose. With no loss of principal, if you need your money back at any time. Think of that freedom. Your interest is compounded daily. you paid monthly, and there are no fees. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate up to 10.25%. I want you to talk to my friends at Y-Refi. They're local. You can visit with them. I know them well. Honest, trustworthy folks. And you won't get a sales pitch. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to ten point two five percent rate of return. That's right, a ten and a quarter percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then R E F Y dot com. Or give them a call at eight 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 Y Refi thirty four. Eight 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 Y Refi thirty four. Well, on a week uh, heavy, on a day heavy uh, on politics and this Democratic Party's confusion of politics and law, you know, you think about these institutions, it's not only 
uh, an erasure of norms. It's not only a blurring of lines with standards. It's a collapsing of the separations of powers. In the law, in uh, judicial reasoning, there's sometimes known uh, the issue of a political question. Courts don't want to get involved in what is known as a political question. It seems that's all the Democrats want to push these days, and thus removing uh, one of the separate branches, separate and equal branches of power to make it all some form of executive legislative, I suppose. That's what they're trying to fold it into when you look at the way that they are uh, abusing and misusing their prosecutorial offices. You know, civil regulations and civil enforcement and tax law is certainly one thing. But the weaponization of uh, criminal law into the political realm is quite a different one. It's what we've spent the bulk of our time talking about. But we do also need, don't we, some cities of refuge from the politics. And we're going to do that when we come right back. Don't go away. A lot more to come. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 